Hey everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of Who Am I? For those that may be new to the show, I'm the host, Cyrus Belsor, and I thank you for joining us on today's fun ride, so let's get started. Today we have a very, very special episode for you all as we present our first ever guest. But before we meet this amazing person, let's learn a bit about their background. Today's guest hails from the Great North, so we're talking about Canada. So you know we already got to shout out Drake and the Polar Express. <laughs> Our guest oh, is a rising senior at McMaster University, currently studying electrical and bioengineering. Over the last few years, he interned at some pretty awesome companies. We're talking about companies in the likes of Tesla, Twitter, and so much more. And when he's not taking over the realm of software engineering, you can catch him rocking out his super interesting podcast, which I promise we'll dive into later. So without further ado, I present to you, Fuad Ali. Hey, man, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Really, really appreciate it. I'm excited to you know, get to know you and then maybe share a little bit of my story as well. Yo, absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. I mean, like I've been stalking on LinkedIn for a little bit. So, you know, when I sent that message... <laughs> When I sent that message, I sent it with a prayer. You answered, so I appreciate that. That's dope. That's dope, man. Okay. Yeah, excited to excited to have a great conversation, man. Gotcha. So, um, you wanted to talk uh, first about like a little introduction of myself. So, absolutely, uh, I can I can do that first if you'd like. Of course, of course. Let's get into that. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, like you said, my name's Fuad. Um, done a little bit of internships. You know, the, the eternal intern. I, I feel like like never go back to school. Just always stay on internship, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, so I'm Fuad, I'm a, like you mentioned, I'm a rising so uh, senior and, you know, I kind of got into the world of software engineering through my first internship, which was when I was all the way back in freshman year. Um, and so at that point, you know, I hadn't really had any experience coding and no exposure to the world of engineering either. Cause like no one in my family is an engineer. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of thought I wanted to go to the med route, you know, like I, I thought medicine was pretty cool. Being a doctor would be cool and things like that. So my first internship was a research position at a hospital and, um, I was really, really lucky because, um, you know, my my supervisor and, and the clinician I was working with knew that I was an engineering student. And so she kind of just like assumed I knew how to code, which was obviously not the case. Like I did, did. I had taken like an intro to CS course, you know, in first year, but it wasn't like a really, really like in-depth course or anything. It was just like a hello world type of course. Mm. But for whatever reason, she assumed I knew how to code. And she was like, hey, you know, I have an interesting project and a research paper I'm working on. It's basically like you know, um, using machine learning to diagnose liver disease. And I was working at the liver transplant department at the time, right? And so she was like, yeah, if you want to work on this, you know, uh, you, you know how to code, so you can you can hop in at any point. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, that sounds cool. And so it was kind of like a trial by fire, so to speak, mm -hmm. where, you know, I, I learned a lot in a really short time. And obviously it wasn't like a, you know, like a, a commercial development place. So it wasn't like super strict code standard and things like that. But like companies like Google and Facebook have, but mm -hmm. it was cool to just kind of get my feet wet with tech and like, you know, learn about code and learn about how much cool stuff you can do with like data science and things like that. And so from there, I really got uh, interested in tech. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I kind of abandoned med, like all of a sudden it wasn't like a, a conscious thing, mm -hmm. but like, I just got super interested in tech and, you know, got caught up in like the whole hackathon circuit. I went to like 12, to 15 i think different hackathons in my wow. second year so my sophomore year um yeah so just like took every opportunity i could to like you know explore new tech and like just meet cool people in tech as well and yeah fell down the rabbit hole and then between my you know junior and senior year instead of doing my senior year i decided to kind of like take a year off and mm -hmm. do 16 months of internships so four different four month internships in a row and my school was like okay with it because we have this like co-op program in canada mm -hmm. it's like pretty popular um, anyway, so yeah, I did four internships in a row. I'm currently completing my fourth at Twitter and I guess, yeah, I never looked back and, you know, I guess we'll, I'm graduating next May, so we'll see how that goes. But mm. 
so far pretty happy with how you know the last 16 months has gone and i think i've grown a lot as a person and and as an engineer so yeah got you no definitely i mean that's that sounds phenomenal that's awesome and it's, i think it's a little funny because i actually i started my college uh pursuits as medicine myself right no and, uh, awesome. yeah not nah, for real yeah and uh i was like two years into my pre-med uh prereqs and um i had been doing like a little bit like program manager intern work at uh for two summers in a row and i kind of just made the switch like that like i just kind of knew it like kind of you said it wasn't like a kind of like slow gradual switch it was like boom let's get into it and i just followed mm-hmm. that passion for that so i definitely can like resonate on that um that's dope. Like that, yeah. that, that standpoint but i mean you mm-hmm. had uh quite so i was looking at you know during my linkedin stalking i was going on your website <laughs> and i was looking at your resume it looks beautiful by the way but i mean you've had Thank like you. <laughs> quite the quite the experience i mean we're talking about like tesla twitter wealth simple and you've had like a lot i mean i looked at like the multi-organ transfer research and i was like wow like this guy's been uh this guy's been everywhere really so uh, i mean i really want to focus a bit on your time at palo alto so that was when you were at tesla right yes yeah, got you got you correct. so i mean like so after my little research i was saying that you worked on the energy product software team exactly yeah i did got you got you so could you talk a little bit like how you got there i mean like you know everyone's trying to bust into these top companies and i know it's definitely a process but kind of talk to like how you got there and we kind of want to focus a little bit on the culture of it too yeah, for sure. So how I got my job at Tesla. So um, it's actually a pretty cool story because um, it wasn't like the traditional recruiting route that a lot of people go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like a firm believer in networking. And this was kind of just like a, you know, sort of a validation on the networking that I'd done previously. Mm-hmm. And when I say networking, I don't mean like, you know, coffee shining people to get referrals and things like that. I mean, more so just like, you know, building a brand and actually just having good conversations with people you think are cool. Absolutely. And like not really expecting things out of them, but really just being genuine. Um, so basically, that's how I got my job. So I was scrolling through LinkedIn one day. Um, I was actually thinking shit at the time, but I don't know if that's relevant, but anyways, I was going through LinkedIn, I was on the toilet, and I saw a really, really cool article, uh, written on distributed systems, mm-hmm. and distributed systems was a topic, like, I was pretty interested in, and, uh, with internship, I had, kind of had different goals of, like, tech I wanted to explore, and distributed systems was one of those, like, systems that I wanted to explore, mm-hmm. and, like, areas of tech, right, so I read the article, I thought it was really, really cool, and really informative, and, like, taught me a lot, and so I, like, scrolled down to the bottom for the author, I found the author on LinkedIn and I like messaged him and I was like, Hey, you know, I read your article. I think it was really great. Would love to like hop on a call and talk about it sometime. And so we hopped on a call to kind of just like discuss some of the ideas behind the article. And mm-hmm. at the end of the call, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't know if your, your team is hiring interns at Tesla, but um, I would love to work for your team. I think you guys are doing some really cool work. Whoa. And he's like, yes, sure. Send me your, send me your email and, or sorry, email me your resume. Mm-hmm. And so I emailed him my resume and we kind of got that interview process initiated through that. Uh, had like a couple different interviews, like both technical, and then I also had a take-home assignment. Mm. And the take-home assignment, there was like a follow-up interview after that to kind of discuss it. Gotcha. Uh, I can't disclose the assignment, but it was like you know distributed systems-related work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I got the offer from there. And so the next thing you wanted to know was like kind of about the culture and my time at Tesla itself. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, so after I got the job, you know, I was I was highly excited. Like I've been at <laughs> Tesla for a while. That was like, a really cool company. I actually had like a, a really good friend of mine who worked at tesla previously gotcha. and he loved his time there and so like he told me so many cool stories and stuff um so you know i was like hella amped to go there mm-hmm. um you know i was in palo alto at hq tesla has their factory also in fremont uh but mostly software engineering teams are at hq in palo alto mm-hmm. um and honestly it was such a great experience so, like one of the things about tesla is that they're not a software company they're very much like a product company and so what i mean by that is that it's not like facebook or google where like, their primary product is software Rather, like, you know, they have a ton of mechanical engineers, they have a ton of electrical engineers, they have a ton of marketing, supply chain, like, all different types of people working at the same building. And it's honestly, like, a massive company, too, right? And so it was super cool just, like, walking through the office and seeing, like, 
so many different people working on so many different things and like just kind of being in that cross-functional environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really cool. Um, another aspect of Tesla culture that I really enjoyed was that it's very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tesla is like still trying to break into the automotive industry Absolutely. and there's a lot of barriers and a lot of like, you know, incumbents in that industry. And because of that, it's, it's really imperative that Tesla really like, you know, focuses on being as efficient as possible and innovating as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And being a part of the environment was really cool because, you know, just like, uh, the faster pace something is, I think the greater your rate of learning and mm-hmm. your rate of growth. And it was also like probably the first internship I had at like a really big company. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool because, you know, Tesla is a big, like a huge company, like, I think like 40 to 50,000 people. But, um, you know, it still kind of operates like a startup in mm-hmm. the sense that very few engineers control a ton of stuff. Got so like my energy product software team was only like 11 people and they did the work that, you know, probably at Google, like 20 or 30 people would have been doing, wow. right? So more than three times that many people. Gotcha. And uh, because of that, you know, not only is it a lot of work, but it's also a lot of responsibility, which is cool because uh, as an intern, that's sometimes hard to get, you know, sometimes you just get an intern project, which isn't super related to stuff. So I really like that aspect of like, you know, uh, flat hierarchy and like, you know, fast pace mm-hmm. that Tesla brought to the table. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about my time at Tesla. I can talk more about some other stuff if you'd like. But. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that that's great. I mean, I think, I think one thing that's definitely like underplayed, especially when you look at like LinkedIn now, it's they're like message people, message people, message people, but also like mm-hmm. there needs to be a reason why you message people, right? Like you shouldn't be chasing someone for a transactional interaction. Like, like exactly. you said, like you should be coming at people to seek that genuine relationship. And honestly, like when you, when you seek something from a point of good standard, I feel like honestly the universe rewards you. So I think I love that. Yeah. And then I think just the fact that you had so much autonomy, it seeming like then you were at Twitter, <laughs> my fault, Twitter, Tesla. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you get, you get, you really got a chance to dive in, dive into the operations and get to learn your team. So I think that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I read, so I was reading your medium article and I was saying mm-hmm. that you were talking about like, um, like adjusting to the pace and the nature to the work and then how that kind of transitioned as you were hitting like COVID, like when COVID came, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I thought like one thing that was really interesting was how did you stay up to like your team standards? How did you keep yourself motivated? And in that transition, like how was it, what does the process of that transition look like? Yeah. So it was honestly hella messy. Um, I can't lie. Like <laughs> it was very difficult for me, especially cause you know, I moved to Palo Alto and like from Canada and I was completely alone. I didn't really have any friends in the area mm-hmm. and it was like already a big process, you know, adjusting to like being in a new country and stuff. Absolutely. But then halfway through quarantine starts, you know, everyone starts working remote you don't get to go to the office and like I'm a very extroverted person Mm -hmm. so I love like I kind of feed off of energy and I feed off of people so I love being in the office so that was like super hard to adjust to when I would and you know my living situation was not like the most privileged in the sense that I was in an apartment and I didn't have like a living room because Mm -hmm. somebody was staying in like you know housing is expensive in the bay so somebody was staying in the living room and so pretty much like all day I would spend in the same room right Mm -hmm. like you know my bedroom was my you know workspace workout space Mm -hmm. like sleeping space like everything and it wasn't like it a huge bedroom right so um definitely mental health suffers a lot you know like it, it, it's tough to stay motivated it's tough to you know create that work-life separation like i find myself waking up on sun- saturdays and like you know just going like opening my lap work laptop and going to code mm-hmm. just because like it's, it's hard to tell what day it is right exactly um, so yeah i definitely had to you know kind of be really intentional about it and i think you know work from home is great and a lot of people support work from home but one thing I, i'd like to mention and i mentioned in my media article is that there's a difference between intentional work from home and forced work from home and what i mean by that is like you know for me it wasn't in my like plan to start working from home mm-hmm. and i didn't have a great setup you know i didn't have a great like location to work you know i wasn't mentally prepared for it versus like you know when when typically people think of work from home as a good thing it's like people who like want to work from home you know 
um, have have the setup to work from home, exactly. like prepare for it, ask their manager, like set up their team to work from home. Mm-hmm. And our team wasn't like bad about those things, but you know, personally, like I, hadn't, I didn't have a great setup and things like that. So it was definitely hard. Um, in terms of strategies, I wanted to deal with it. I think the biggest thing was just like setting working hours mm-hmm. and being really strict with those. Cause I felt like, you know, when you're at home, everything's kind of the same. Exactly. And so it's really easy to like keep working until like 9 PM mm-hmm. or like 10 PM or whatever it is. And like, you know, also be very, very less efficient because you're mm-hmm. at home. So you can check your phone whenever you want. You know, you can go and make a snack whenever you want. You know, you can take a nap whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I, I worked more hours, but I was way less efficient. And so setting those artificial, like, you know, office hours where it's like at 6 p.m. I close my laptop and no matter what, it kind of forces you to be more efficient with your time. And mm-hmm. then also allows you to have that relaxation time. That's like true relaxation, you know, not just like 20 minutes before you start working on the next thing where you're kind of loafing, but you're not really, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're a little stressed out, but you're on your phone. And it's like, it's like a weird in-between phase that's not really truly relaxing. And so setting those office hours was hella important for me. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, like facts, I agree with you. I mean, I was doing Zoom University, right? And it's not yeah. like it's not like I was expecting <laughs> to hop on Zoom University this semester. But yeah. uh, coming yeah. home, I felt like though the coursework in some ways did lessen, like I feel like some of my professors were a lot uh, accommodating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was waking up at 8, but then I'm still, I'm still typing a paper at 2 a.m. Why? Because like Netflix mm. has been on for five hours. And it's exactly. Like, are you still yeah, watching? That's it. Are you still watching? Like, yeah, I'm still watching. <laughs> but no, I, def- oh, I definitely still agree with you on that. And, you know, I was reading an article. I don't know whether it's CNN or The Onion, but I heard that, you know, like Elon Musk just had a baby and um, he welcomed mm-hmm. in his sixth child. And I heard that actually, like, they selected an intern to pick the name. I heard that was you. No, 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 that, no. That is an onion article. That is an onion article. Okay, okay. I was, I was just confirming. I was, I was reading. I was like, whoa, okay, that was great. Nah. If I had the chance, I wouldn't have named him that. Got you, got you. <laughs> got you, got you. No, so I think one thing that I That's did funny. mention earlier is uh, I wanted to talk about your podcast, right? So you do run For sure. what I believe is like a phenomenal podcast. I mean, truly, we're going to link it later. We'll talk about the, the socials, everything to link. But awesome. I think yeah. for everyone listening, like, this podcast truly does give you a, a insight into like a lot of key a lot of key subjects, kind of like life topics that are great to go over. And you guys have a great way of conversing in the way that you're compacting so much information in a way that's very mm-hmm. digestible and also very entertaining. So I wanted to so you run that, you're a co-host of that with Damian Joseph, with the yes, homie exactly. with the stellar quotes every episode. You can guarantee <laughs> every at episode. least seven quotes. I guarantee you that. Dude, that <laughs> <has>. yeah. <laughs> nah, facts though. So I wanted to talk about like your inspiration behind this show. Like what was your vision when you first started it and then we'll go over some of the like my favorite episodes yeah so um podcasting is something i've been interested in for a while like i'm a huge consumer of podcasts mm-hmm. um and so you know that definitely influenced like what kind of medium i wanted to put out my thoughts on mm-hmm. just because like you know i used to commute a lot in high school like i commuted like an hour and a half wow. to my like to my high school and it was like a horrible bus ride so mm-hmm. like and that was one way right so definitely had to you know have things to be productive with during the ride and you know i'm a big runner too so like you know on my runs i like to not just listen to music, but mm-hmm. also, you know, like consume some educational content. So, you know, this is just like saying that, like, I was really into podcasts. And so because of that, um, kind of how we got it started is I'm talking about this in one of the episodes, but essentially I met Damien on like a tour of Google Sidewalk Labs, which is just like, mm-hmm. you know, Google's smart city startup. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened was we like he was sitting next to one of my friends. I didn't actually know Damien at the time. Mm-hmm. And we sort of hit it off. We had like a really great conversation. And, um, you know, a, a week later, we didn't re- we didn't really talk after that, but he like connected with me on LinkedIn and he sent me a DM and he's like, "Yo, like I thought you were a super interesting guy. Like, would love to like have a coffee sometime and just have a conversation." Mm-hmm. And then you know we had a great conversation and we did it a couple more times. And then I think in like the third or fourth, I was just like, "Hey, you know, it would be cool. It would be super dope if we just like 
started recording these conversations and putting them out there. Mm-hmm. And I think what we centered on was this idea of, you know, we're both young adults. Damien just graduated and I'm graduating next year. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of entering this new like world of adulthood, right? Exactly. Where, you know, there's a lot of shit we don't know. There's a lot of things we're figuring out. There's a lot of things to adjust to. And um, it's sort of like, um, you know, hard to sometimes hear firsthand experiences of like how people deal with these things and like how people adjust to like new experiences. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we wanted to kind of put our voice out there and see like, hey, you know, we're having great conversations that we think are pretty cool and valuable. And maybe, you know, they'll actually add value to somebody else. And it'd be super, super cool if you could like, you know, maybe touch someone's life and like expose them to a new idea that they hadn't really thought about. And so that the, the podcast was pretty much just a way to do that. And luckily, like, you know, Damon and I have been pretty consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing we we're focusing on. We weren't trying to be like, you know, the biggest podcast in history from the get go. Mm-hmm. Really like, you know, let's be consistent about it. Let's like stay true to our goals of just having good conversations. Let's not make this something forced. Mm-hmm. And let's just keep putting it on content and see where it goes. And that's kind of the process we're at now. We're kind of picking up steam. You know, we're not huge or anything like that, but it's definitely been an amazing experience to kind of, you know, learn new things and like, just have good conversations with a good friend. Absolutely. I mean, I love that. I mean, you guys focus on such a wide range of topics and just to touch on a few, like, so everyone listening, you should definitely check them out. They have like a mindfulness Mm -hmm. meditation one. I think that episode was phenomenal. I mean, I think it was great. Just the way that you guys really break down, uh, Issue, not issues but necessarily like topics from a very basis and build them up kind of how they relate to our daily lives now i think that's really cool especially like your topic on loneliness in uh covid19 right so mm-hmm. you're you're you guys focus that episode if i'm correct that you focus a lot of it on like evaluating your connections right and a, a lot of it like also appreciating your time alone i know you talked about like being an extrovert and damien being introvert like kind of like the conflicting of how your time is being spent but i know one thing you talked about was um really like appreciating that time alone and being more intentional in your connections with people. And I thought that was a really interesting thing to focus, especially now being that so much is being forced to like, you must talk, you must talk, you must talk. And you know, there's so much that people are pushing for, but it's also a great time to now take a step back and kind of like give yourself time to um, kind of reevaluate like what you want out of your connections with people. And I thought that was like a great thing to focus on. Um, and also one of your episodes, you talked about uh, feeling behind. And I, I wanted to actually bring this up to you and like, you guys talked a little about like understanding that we're all like on our own paths and just like being comfortable in that, especially like, you know, you're someone that I look at as like being someone who's like very like now kind of building some traction, right? Like you said that you started from like your internships at smaller places and you're building up to some like, you know, the world's like most renowned places. So I know if you, I wanted to talk, I wanted you to speak a little bit like kind of that, like we're all on our own paths for anyone like listening that's a little bit stressed out of like, oh, my internship got canceled or like, oh, my plans have changed. And just like knowing that to have like solace within yourself. Yeah, I think it's a really, really important topic. And I'm, I'm glad you asked me about that because it's something I struggled with like pretty heavily, I would say throughout, you know, the beginning of my like internship journey. Mm-hmm. And like, especially when I was in first and second year, uh, you, you'd see all these like, you know, third and fourth and fifth year kids with like amazing internships. And you'd be like, damn, how did they get there? Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of my friends as well, like a lot of my friends were into tech um, in, in sort of like my personal friend group and we all kind of motivate each other. And, you know, it was very positive and, and very like motivational and very like healthy competition. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, you know, sometimes you look at your friends and you see them getting great jobs and you're like, I'm doing the same thing, but, you know, I'm just not getting the same jobs. Yeah. And like it does kind of like, you know, it, it put a damper on your mood and like make things a little bit more difficult for you. But, you know. Uh, like you mentioned, everybody's kind of on their same journey, or, or on a different journey, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's very individual how that journey goes for people. Like, it's not something that you can kind of control and like look uh, look at prospectively. Like, you can only con- uh, connect the dots in retrospect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward, like, I can see that, you know, this 
opportunity had prepared me for this opportunity had like led to this one. But looking back, I can see that the lessons I learned kind of like, you know, propelled me to the next thing. And that's something that's really important to keep in mind. Like you're not always going to have everything lined up from the beginning and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's really about betting on yourself and betting on you improving day by day. And how I like to think about it is like, you know, a lot of the world is luck. Mm -hmm. And so like uh, an analogy I sometimes draw is like, let's say that, you know, everybody has like a 5% chance of getting like, you know, their dream job. Mm -hmm. Right. And every year that they grind their ass off, they get a plus 20% chance of, you know, getting their dream job, mm -hmm. you know? And so if you start at year one, everybody has a 5% chance, you know, five people out of hundred will actually get their dream job, mm -hmm. even though they haven't put any work in. And then the next year, you know, let's say most people, like some people put in the work, some people don't, the people that put in the work still only have a 25% chance and the other people still have a 5% chance. So that year, you know, five more will still get the jobs that they want. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you might not get it the first, second or third year, even though you've been putting in the work and even though you're at like 65% chance. Right. Mm -hmm. But every time you put in that work in and every time you're improving yourself, you're just increasing that chance and you're increasing the probability that's going to happen. So really putting your faith in the work and putting your faith in your ability as a human being and, and in the odds, right? Like, you know, odds are if you keep working at something, you're going to get good at it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, obviously be realistic and like, you know, know when things aren't working out and pivot when you need to. But um, just realize that success isn't really linear, mm -hmm. right? It, it's Absolutely. very it's very erratic. And sometimes you put in the work for years and years before you start reaping the results of it. And uh, yeah, I got to say, like, honestly, for me, like, you know, when I was interview prepping for two months, like missing parties, you know, on Friday nights to like stay in and code like a lame-o, um, <laughs> I, I did not see the results of that work on that Friday night. I was like very sad that Friday night. I was like, hey, like, I wish I could have, you know, like gone to this party. And so that's something important to remember. Like, it's, it's not always linear like that. So. Got you. No, definitely. I definitely do agree with you. And I really do love like, like through reading your uh, Medium articles and like your podcast, you seem to really have like a glass half uh, full type of personality, which I know is definitely like hard to come by, especially in a lot of times, like when in times like this, especially it's hard to have that kind of mindset, right? That, you know, like mm -hmm. though the, though the current state really isn't looking as hot as you'd like it to be, or like as optimistic as you'd like it to be, like, you just have to remember to like stay down and like believe in yourself and that that's the one thing you stress so that kind of leads mm -hmm. me to like when you guys focus on your podcast a lot of it seems like a lot of introspection i love to hear that so there's one question that mm -hmm. i really want to ask you and it's like what are you seeking most out of life and i mean this in terms of when everything's said and done what is the most important that you would have most important thing that you wanted to have completed and what do you want to be remembered for completed or remembered for mm -hmm. interesting these are, see these are like interesting questions because you know, I've, I've been struggling with this a lot recently in terms of just like, you know, what do I really want to get out of my life? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, my answer to this is, is sort of unconventional. And I don't think there's like any single thing I want to complete mm -hmm. or, you know, any like single goal. And, you know, maybe maybe you have that. Maybe other people do have that. Like athletes, I'm sure, have that mm -hmm. you know, in terms of winning that championship or something like that. But for me, I don't think there's like a very like singular goal that stands out to me. For me, it's more of like a it's it's a process. And what I mean, what I mean by that is that um, I think to me, the definition of like, um, like having a fulfilling life is living, you know, as close of a life to your value set as you can. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I have this yearly exercise where I sit down with a pen and paper and, you know, like schedule out like two to three hours where, you know, usually on a weekend where I'm just like completely uninterrupted in an uninterrupted early in the morning. And what I'll do is, uh, I'll take out my, you know, assignment from last year that I did this. And what I do is I write out my entire value system. Mm -hmm. So I figure out like, you know, what are the things I value? Why do I value them? How do I want to live by these values? You know, whether it's honesty, integrity, like whatever it is, you know, 
and you know take a look at your last year's values and and judge yourself from the last year be like you know did i live by these values i said that you know honesty was my value but was i really the most honest guy i could have been in this situation mm -hmm. and and you know if, if it's not something that you value like you know take it out and if you notice you're not living by it either you know you take it out or you make it a priority for the next year and so for me, like what it means to live a fulfilling life is to live as close to my values as I can. And I'm not going to disclose all the values because, you know, this is very personal, mm -hmm, but I highly encourage anyone to kind of like go through that introspective process because what it does is it really shows you the things that you want to live by. And I think, you know, the, the main point of life is to be intentional about those things. Mm -hmm. It's not to kind of like just be an agent of circumstance and, you know, be like, I'm sorry, a victim of circumstance and just like kind of go with the flow. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. And in certain situations, you know, you should go with the flow, but I think you should also be very intentional about how you want to live your life and, you know, live the best life that you can be given, you know, your abilities, your values and your circumstances. And that's what I believe would make me the most fulfilled. And, you know, some of that entails like, achieving certain goals. Mm -hmm. Some of that entails, you know, I want to retire my mom. That's like one of my big goals uh, in life and, you know, get her a house and things like that. And hopefully I'm on track to do that, you know, but, um, beyond even those singular goals, I think is this entire overarching value system. And if I live by that value system, I'm confident, you know, I can achieve those goals. And, and I, I mean, I really, and I do love that. I mean, I really do like the fact that you said like really taking that time to be very mindful of reflecting on what you said in the past and how you, mm -hmm. whether you've achieved it or not. Right. Cause I feel like so many times, mm -hmm. like I know you talked about this on your podcast too, which I keep saying that cause you guys really need to listen to that. Um, but no, I mean like you guys talked about like the fact that often people will set new year's goals, right? Like new year's resolutions and then come March around that time, it's, it's a great time to really like ask yourself, have I hit that? Like, have I really been committed to that? Cause especially when you look at a year like 2020, we've been in the swing of things. When March came, coronavirus broke out the world, right? So like mm -hmm. looking at that, looking back now, like a lot of goals could be a little shaky. So I like that. Okay. All right. So one thing that we're trying to do over here at Who Am I is like really uplift our population and give a lot of support. So I want you to end on like one piece of advice that you have for anyone listening. Yeah, one piece of advice that I have for anyone listening. Um, hmm. Is it, I mean, at the risk of like repeating myself, I think that self, like, you know, self-reflection is a really powerful tool. And especially right now with so much going on in the world and, you know, like the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and Yemen and all these things going mm -hmm. on and like COVID and people being forced to stay at home. Like, I think self-reflection is, is such a, such an important tool. And so like one piece of advice I could have is like, you know, go through your value system or like go through and like schedule out some time to, you know, just stay with your thoughts and really reflect on like, what are the things you value in life? And like, what are you trying to get out of life? And, and, you know, for different people that might be different things, but I think a lot of the times you get pressured into value certain things and like pressured into certain frames of mind that, you know, and through no fault of other people, but sometimes it's like, you know, our parents always wanted us to do this because mm -hmm. they were kind of projecting their wants on us or, you know, our friends all did this and that's why we kind of wanted to do this, but it's not actually what we wanted to do. And you don't really realize those in the moment, but I think with, with more quiet time and, you know, more alone time, um, I'm an extrovert and I don't like that time, but I think it's important to take advantage of that time and then mm -hmm. really make use of it. And so if I could give anyone one piece of advice, it would be to do that. And I think, you know, that's a super positive thing too, because I think people will find that you're way happier living by your own rules than by somebody else's rules. Absolutely. And I agree with you. All right. So, you know, Fuad, that was amazing. But now we're going to give you a little fun round of trivia. So right sure. before, right before we get this rolled out, we're going to do it. For sure. All right, cool. Just the first thing that comes to your mind, I want you to say it. Don't worry about it. Just say it. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> if you could be any food <laughs> item at a farmer's market for a day, what would you be and why? Uh, a croissant. Um, and that was the first thing that came to my head. And it's because there's this Palo Alto farmer's market that I used to go to every yeah. Sunday when I was at Tesla. 
and they had these like bougie ass croissants. They were like seven dollar croissants, and I don't know how a croissant was seven dollars, but I just made me think that they were like so artisanally crafted, and I just feel like I I don't know. I just like want to be somebody who's like you know art like crafted, like not somebody who's like just kind of like random. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, got you, got you. Right no, nah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, what's your go to song to get you hyped on a quarantine afternoon? Ooh, uh, this is a hard one. This is a, I'm gonna open up my Spotify real quick. <laughs> no, you're good. You cheat a little bit. Uh, hmm. Oh, this is hard. This is very hard. But I'm gonna have to go with uh, Magnolia by Playboy Cardi. Oh, I'm a big Cardi oh, fan. Oh, Cardi, yeah. all it's a day. little old, but Absolutely. Cardi gets me hyped. Hey, yeah. Cardi, Cardi, that guy. All right, do pineapples belong on pizza? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I love that was the I right love answer. Pizza. That was the yes, right okay. answer. All right, got gotcha. you. Good to know. All right, and if you go on a Frodo, <laughs> if you can go on a Frodo date with anyone who has ever existed, who would it be? Anyone who's ever existed? That's incredible. Uh, probably Malcolm X. He's one of my idols. I actually, my dad uh, bought me his autobiography when I was in like tenth grade, mm-hmm. and I read it every year. It's like one of my favorite books, and I feel like I always take something new from that book. But got yeah, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Fuad, I thank you so much for having just spending some time with us, you know, letting us interview you and get to know you a little bit better. And like we said, we mm-hmm. definitely wanted you to, like, I wanted everyone to be able to di- deep dive into your podcast. So I just want you to plug your socials, you know, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, your Twitter, your podcast name, mm-hmm. and let the people kind of get out to you. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's called the Into the Developers Podcast. Like I said, we talk about like adulting and different things. Feel free to, you know, follow the page on LinkedIn or like connect with me. My name's Fuad Ali, F-U-A-D-A-L-I. I'm sure it'll be in the title or something like that. Um, you know, I can shout out my IG too. Gotcha. Uh, maybe we'll link that in the description. Uh, my IG is like super professional, but it's like <laughs> professional enough that like I don't care if people see it. Uh, and I'm always looking to, you know, hit some people up on the grab. Um, also pretty active on Twitter, especially now that I'm working there. Uh, but yeah, um, those are some things I'm working on and, and would love to, you know, have good conversations with some good people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is absolutely, this is the first interview we've had, but I know this won't be our last interview with Fuad. So Fuad, we thank you so much for coming. And we have to yeah. anyone of you listening. If you've been with us, we thank you. And for everyone that's made it this far, we thank you for having us. And as we conclude every episode, I want you to give yourself a few minutes to take some time, reflect on what you just heard and ask yourself, who am I?